It's time for today's Lucky Land horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say. Your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Turns and conditions apply. I'm Victoria Cash. Thanks for calling the Lucky Land Hotline. If you feel like you do the same thing every day, press 1. If you're ready to have some serious fun for the chance to redeem some serious prizes, press 2. We heard you loud and clear. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com right now and play over 100 social casino-style games for free. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. This is the Armchair Cricket Podcast. Hello all. Welcome to another episode of Armchair Cricket Podcast, a podcast focusing on test cricket by Armchair Critics of the Game. I'm your host, Ajit. In today's episode, we have a really special guest whom I've been uh, meaning to invite on this show for a while. I like his uh, style of writing and I expect he'll be a very good guest. But before we go there, I would like to remember fondly one of our former co-hosts. He's been on this uh, podcast multiple times as a guest co-host and i got to know recently that uh, he has passed away so i'm talking of ravi nair from the guerrilla verse so those of us who listen to guerrilla cricket or have been involved with guerrilla cricket will probably already know this very well so ravi nair who lived in india and was a very vibrant part of the guerrilla verse is no more and uh, i would like to uh, take a moment to just remember him so our discussions have always been fun He's come on this on the podcast multiple times, as I said, and we all know his love of animals, especially his cat, and also a very vibrant man, and more importantly, a very forthright man when it when it uh, came to his thoughts on cricket and how it was being played and how it was run. We will miss him, and uh, our thoughts are with his family and friends, and uh, wherever he may be, may his soul rest in peace. All right, on to the new guest that we have. He's Tom, but he writes a very specific, a very specific, specific blog, Rain Stop Play Inspection at 3. Hi, Tom. Welcome to the podcast. Hello. And nice to meet you, Ajit. So let's start right at the interesting name you have for your blog, Rain Stop Play <laughs> Inspection at 3. It sounds very um, innocuous, but why such a long name? <laughs> well, it's, uh, I suppose it sums up a bit English cricket. Um it's always raining here. We spend a lot of time as cricket lovers 
looking at damp outfields, waiting for the umpires to wander along. And sometimes you hear that announcement over the tunnel at the grounds. Obviously, the rain stop play, there'll be an inspection at three o'clock, two o'clock, whatever it may be. So it was just to sum up that sort of um, approach that all cricket lovers know. There's a lot of frustration involved. Hmm. Yes. So what with, you know, at least in the English um, English summer, there's a lot of rain and a lot of cricket. Well, both simultaneously. So it's, it's yeah. a part of cricketing life in England. I mean, there are even bad jokes like somebody from other parts of the world thought this is a ritual to get rain and so on. So you... Yeah. That's a very famous joke from a different era. But nonetheless, um, interesting. And I also see that, you know, you've come back to start writing again, you say, or you've rediscovered the love. So why uh, why did the love go away? Let's start. When when did the love form first? Yeah. So um, when I was young, um, I guess at the age of around sort of 10, 11, 12, I, I started to develop an interest in cricket with like, really understanding what was going on. My, my father wasn't particularly keen, but crucially, I had some school friends that, that knew a little bit about cricket. Um, so we gradually, in those days, you'd have television, uh, sort of free-to-air television to watch cricket in England. Sadly, it's very rare to have that these days. So I started to watch John Player League, which was Sunday afternoon, 40-over cricket. And then one of my friends said, actually, why don't we go along to see Gloucestershire, our local county team. I live in Bristol in England. And so we, we'd go along there as, as young lads and spend our summer holidays watching Gloucestershire play cricket, quite often losing. Although, actually, in fairness, they weren't a bad side there. Um, I very quickly realised I was a terrible cricketer myself, but I enjoyed... <laughs> <laughs> oh, hopeless. I, I sort of chap who would bat number nine or ten bowl at maybe seventh or eighth change of field at third man you know you, you get the drift of how good I was um, hmm. but I just love the atmosphere of watching cricket I'm no expert on cricket but I love the the conversations that you have with people when you're watching the game um, those moments when the excitement becomes really intense and the energy around it is fabulous but when I, I suppose, I, I used to watch cricket up until the age of about sort of 16, 17, 18, no, a bit eight, maybe into my early 20s. Um, then I got married and life mm. just got in the way, really. My, my wife is, didn't stop me going to cricket, but cricket takes a lot of time, as we all know. And other things became more pressing. So for many years, I didn't really go to watch. I'd see the occasional game. Um, and then, joy of joys, I became old enough to retire a little early so I retired when I was 60 and suddenly I have a lot of free time on my hands luckily I live about 15 minutes walk from uh, the county ground as it was known here in Bristol now called the seat unique stadium where Gloucestershire play their home games and Western Storm that the ladies team play uh, occasionally as well Mm -hmm. And I thought, well, let's get a membership again um, so I can go along to every form of cricket at the county ground and sit with my mates, many of whom I was sitting with back in the 1980s. And wow. so re rekindling old friendships as well as rekindling a love of the game. Perfect. And I suppose you started writing to accompany your love as well of yeah. watching it. That's right. Yeah. I, I, I've Over recent years, I've dabbled with various bits of writing, personal blogs, and, and then also things about music and food and travel. 
but never really written about cricket. I have written about football for a, a fanzine. I'm a, I'm a Bristol City supporter for my sins, another very unsuccessful team. So I occasionally write for a football fanzine, uh, but I'd never written about cricket. And again, the benefit of time through being retired, I thought I'd like to just capture my feelings of going back to watch it, hopefully with, with some humour. I don't take it terribly seriously. I think few people do with the county game. It, it, it's a lovely spirit is the main thing. And I wanted to try and write about that aspect of cricket as much as the nuts and bolts of winning, losing and averages. Interesting outtake. And of course, uh, look, I think it's a tale as old as not time, but cricket itself that men want to play cricket and the wives have other plans for them. <laughs> and yeah. of course, we, we see a lot of that. I play in the local leagues here in the Netherlands and right. I've been for a better part of a decade and more. And you see that, you know, a guy gets married, he loses that season because he's married. And then in a year or two, there is some good news. And then he loses that season because he's to stay home and take care of the baby. <laughs> right. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But that's that's a good thing that, uh, you know, mm. there was a time where I think Michael Vaughan said that uh, his father was on the field the day he was born. Or was oh, right. on the field yeah. when he was born. Yes. There was a time when men were not really expected to do much more. But now it's a far more serious thing. And men yeah. have to also take a direct interest in the family well-being. And, you know, uh, absolutely up a family. And that's a good thing. Right. So, yes. all right. I so see. now that you're, a, again, a, a superannuated, is that the right term? And you have <laughs> a lot of free time and you're yeah. able to, you're able to then indulge in your uh, hobby. But that's how we met so i'm happy to uh, have made an acquaintance and <laughs> yeah that's a nice story um it's 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 a very idyllic pastime especially if you're retired i'm i'm sure to yeah. sit and watch a game but i see that you've written about the longest format you've also written about the odi cup as well as the t20 so mm. uh, you probably seen the game evolve so having seen you know john players league whatnot you said yes right? so do you think cricket is going in the right direction with the 100? There are enough solid vocal supporters and or detractors. But as somebody yeah. who's seen it evolve, what are, you, what are your thoughts? Yeah, it's, it's a really interesting time in the game. And fun enough, I was at an event yesterday at, um, at the county ground. There's a brilliant thing that Gloucestershire put on called Walkers and Talkers where Andy Brassington, a former Gloucestershire wicketkeeper, just hosts these events every week and people come along and chat. Sometimes sporting, sometimes not. Yesterday, we had a guy called Don Topley, um, mm. famously didn't take a catch for England against the West Indies when he stood on the boundary rope when he was a substitute fielder. But fascinating okay. man. And actually, he slightly changed my opinion of things. Not maybe explain why. So I'm quite traditional with cricket. County Championship cricket and Test Match cricket are my ideal forms of the game, I'd say. The John Player League, though, was a four-tier of a game, was my introduction. So I've got tolerance with that. And also 50 over and 60 over cricket. I was used to that when I was younger. And I quite enjoy those formats because they all give a reasonable time for some ebb and flow in the game. And that's, to me, the essence of the game is that your team can be up on the ropes in a terrible, you know, you're 23 for five, you're in all sorts of trouble. Somehow a pair dig in, you get a stand mm. going. And then you bowl well and you can still win a game. Right. The 20 over game is a bit, I'm, I'm not the biggest fan. And up until last season, I'd never seen a 20 over game, I'll be honest with you. <laughs> <And> I, <laughs> I was very dismissive of it. I, I went along to watch all the Gloucestershire games at home last season. 
and I enjoyed them. They're a different essence uh, of the game. You take it for what it is. Um, but what I don't like is that if that they can be those games could be decided rather too quickly. If someone gets off to a tremendous start, either batting or bowling, the game could be a little dead. Even more so, and I'll be honest with you again, I've not seen a game of the 100 at all. They don't have it here in Bristol. Um, some friends of mine have been over to Cardiff to see the Welsh Fire team, which features some Gloucestershire and Somerset players. Um, I've tried watching a little bit on television when it is on the BBC. And I, I, I don't know, the, the way they do the, the graphics and the scores, I can't work out what's going on most of the time. And <laughs> I, 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 I'm... I'm and I, I do get bored with constant sixes and fours. They're a wonderful thing. And I should I think they should be a special entity. Mm. I, I don't like the plethora of, of boundaries. And I do feel sorry for those poor old bowlers, I must admit, who get carted all over the place. Obviously, their mentality is slightly different and they go into games knowing what can happen. When they do succeed, obviously, it, it's doubly exciting for those players, I, I assume. So that's great. Mm. And I, I've been, as I say, very, very dismissive of, the 100 as a concept but just going back to what Don Topley said yesterday the, the the game in England from what from his figures and I've not been able to double check them said the number of players playing the game club cricket you know in, in local leagues is diminished dramatically in, in this country in the past 10 years um, there's no free to air television so kids these days have to go out of their way to watch cricket and with the best will in the world the longer form of cricket can be quite an ordeal for the younger person who can be easily distracted, shall we say, without being unkind to them. Mm -hmm. The 100 gives them a route into it in maybe the same route that I had watching the John Player League. Um, right. So, I, you know, 40 over cricket wasn't, after a short time, wasn't my favourite format, but it was the, the, the key that opened the door for me. So if the 100 can do that, then great. If it gets more young people involved in the game who wish to play, importantly, because we're going to need players in the future, and they seem to be diminishing in this country anyway, um, mm -hmm. and, and indeed watch the game, that does serve the longevity of the game well, and we've got to try and protect that. Um, I, I still don't see myself rocking along to a 100 game anytime soon, I'll be perfectly honest with you. Um, mm. But I hope that for some people, it, it can be that entry level game um, that get, gets their interest. It's had a, a big impact. The fact there's no test matches in August, it, it, it seems nonsensical to most people in England, I think. Mm. That's when test cricket should be played, when, when people um, are on holiday, people have the time to watch games. Right. That, that's been taken away from them and that. The, the Ashes series this season, both for men and women, were terrific contests and and we should have had more opportunity to see that, I think, it, it, over the spread of the summer rather than that condensed format. Um, it also has a knock-on effect with the One Day Cup, which is now the, the Metrobank One Day Cup. Mm -hmm. I quite like what it's done to that. I mean, it served Gloucestershire fairly well this season because a lot of the key players have taken off to play in the 100. They're taken away from their counties. It gives you the opportunity to see some younger players who are a bit earlier in the development of, of their career. Mm. And I think Gloucester have benefited from that, and a few other counties have as well, is that younger players get the chance to play in competitive games that, that do have a meaning and a, and, a, and a purpose in front of crowds, which sometimes can be quite large, not necessarily always. 
Um, and I quite like that. And, you know, we, certainly here at Gloucestershire, we've seen this this year, a lot of very young players playing in, in that, and playing to a good level and actually playing an exciting form of cricket. You know, scoring right. runs quickly, taking wickets, bowling aggressively. The fielding, as we know, is improved beyond any compare with what I used to watch in the old days. Mm-hmm. So even though a lot of people in England moan about the 100 and the, the impact on, on the One Day Cup, I'll be honest, I quite like it. I, I quite like seeing young talent coming through. Uh, I, I'm always one that's looking for the, not necessarily the finished article. It's great to see a majestic player in, at the top of their game. I love the thrill of the promise of a young player and what they mm-hmm. might become. And I love the opportunity to watch that developing in front of me. Uh, that's always nice. Uh, but also what you said, it probably takes the um, younger generation a shorter attention-seeking game. Uh, in your time, it was yeah. John Players League and now it is uh, the 100. It's it's quite a lot of difference from six hours or seven hours to uh, <laughs> yeah. quite a lot less. But all right, so it can happen. But mm. nonetheless, that, that's the way forward is what I understand. And that's the way it can be is what also mm. I understand. And that is always encouraging. That if it can win over somebody who's seen more of life and uh, knows the finer things in life and still can actually come to appreciate what it can add, mm. that means there's still some hope for that um, format. And look, we will look to reduce the amount of time we get to play simply because of people wanting to do many other things with the time. Yeah. Yeah, and nobody can begrudge them that, and that's how it could be. So we are going mm-hmm. to work it out, and that means a shorter yeah. format is not the worst format at all. Simply because we want this game of ours that we love to be here, and I dare say the shorter formats will allow the longer formats to be played, that's by attracting the, the crowds. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. One has to feed the other, doesn't it? And um, and if they can coincide as they have done in the past i suppose the, the problem these days become more one of scheduling um mm. with the ability for players to play all over the world all year round these days and uh and and that i, I do worry slightly about the strain that puts on players um you know particularly bowlers um but when you know, you, you you're dropping off you know onto a plane you, you're in india you're in new zealand you're in australia you're back mm-hmm. in England, and and um, I just think we've got to be careful of the management of, of players' physical attributes, but also mental attributes as well. I think that's something mm-hmm. that cricket's got to be really careful about. No, I understand what you mean. Maybe there is such a thing as burnout due to overexposure, mm-hmm. or too much, too much of stress. I mean, having to go out there and delivering day in day out is not. You cannot expect that to be easy. That's you right. You can imagine it can it can become very quickly overwhelming if one is not careful so yeah yeah that's a good point that's a good yeah. point you bring i listened uh, actually to one of your previous podcasts and what, one of your previous guests made a really good point i, th- I thought the fact i think he was talking about how um memorable certain games are and he said he watched and, and he, i think wrote about a lot of cricket a lot of one day games and 20 over games and um, short form games and actually when they're gone he doesn't remember them quite quickly they, they tend to fade from the memory and I wonder if that, that's because there's too many of them. The, the, the brain can only cope with so many major excitement points in your life, I think. And, and again, big moments have value when there's a rarity to them. If you have big moments every day, they stop right. becoming big moments. So again, cricket's got to manage that in some way, I feel. 
I understand. I I know what you mean because I felt it with IPL, for example. Every game is such a thriller that yeah. the concept of what you would define as a thriller is broadening or shrinking depending on how you look at it, right? Absolutely. So, like, yeah. All right. So yeah. now let's uh, have a quick uh, chat about the plenty of games that have happened since the last episode. I think yeah. we are entering a very busy period of cricket leading up to the World Cup. Yes. So. there have been multiple series both men and women that are currently undergoing or just finished and we would want to discuss about them so let's start with the asia cup so mm. uh, the super fours have started and recently pakistan have beaten bangladesh in what turned out to be a surprisingly one sided game yes. but if we go a little before i think there are a couple of games worth discussing india's tough uh, chase where they they made it look easier than it could have been yeah they won against nepal because nepal's bowling attack was not very experienced that way first of all the most anticipated match in the earlier part of the series india pakistan got rained off and yeah. i think i think more or less either team wanted to bat first if that won the toss is what i heard they knew it was going to be yeah. a one session game the second one mm. would go on so why not get in your uh, runs and i thought um, yeah. the frailty of indian top order versus people like sahin shah nasim shah and Harris Trophy it came to the fore because these three took all the wickets on that yeah absolutely yeah yeah right. it's funny with Nasim Shah because we we only had a glimpse of him at Gloucestershire he came last last summer and he was here at the start and sadly only played a couple of games uh and he was terrific in the flesh and he wasn't really bowling at full tilt there and I've been mm-hmm. interested to see how he's he's gone on and done well for Pakistan i think he's a major threat and with Harris Trophy as well that they're, they're a real combination I, I like the pakistani bowling attack um mm-hmm. the, the aggression and the the skill but i been slightly parochial although he didn't stay with us very long i i, I do love watching nazim shah and he scored some useful runs on occasions when the pressure's been on as well hasn't he so uh, he's he's a useful member of that team i think he won uh, won that game against afghanistan that was going to be a tight one but he yeah. did what was needed in the last over to win it that's right on the other yeah. hand I think Afghanistan if we were to quickly go back to Afghanistan I think they'll be a bit disappointed with their performance because look against Bangladesh um they considered a lot of runs this is the earlier part mm. when they were playing in yeah. Pakistan and they they considered a lot of runs Mehdi Hasan scoring a 100 he was promoted up to order he was promoted to open and uh, mm-hmm. he did a wonderful job he did what was expected in order to try and maybe give their batting order some depth yeah. he scored a 100 and uh, nazmul hasan shanto shantol scored 100 and there were some quick fire cameos from the experienced hands and 334 against afghanistan i don't think they have that sort of maturity yet to chase it down no no that's right yeah it is a big total isn't it mm. i mean at least in this game they they didn't get the start they wanted rahmanullah gurbaz you want somebody like him to go after the bowling in the first power play already set the tone right he failed but then the rest of the sort of longer format players people like ibrahim zadran rahmat shah hashmatullah shahidi these are all people who like the longer formats they like mm. you know the odis they like the tests and they they like to spend time and they did that but then yeah you know bangladesh eventually had enough on the board that they ran away after that start where their fast bowling taskin ahmed shoriful islam and the likes they they did enough and the the middle order punch did not come through even though Bangladesh yeah. were able to set up sorry Afghanistan were able to set up a platform yeah uh, the likes of Najibullah Sadran Nabi Gulbadin Naib and Karim Janath the people who are supposed to score some quick fire runs they couldn't do that couldn't. no they right? couldn't up the tempo could they so yeah that's right 
yeah but then from there to see afghanistan the way they tried and nearly succeeded against sri lanka that was quite a scare if you are mm. Mm. right so they first of all you know could not do as well with the ball they ended up conceding 291 to sri lanka and i think kusal mendes who's one of the more brighter talents out there frankly it's between him and right. his temperament really mm. he managed to for one sar harness that and uh, got sri lanka to 291 in what is effectively like a 35 over shootout if you are a afghani batter right yeah there as well they didn't get going much mm. gulbadin nayab was promoted to number 3 but something miraculous happened because everybody rahmat shah hashmatullah shahidi played their hand but then mohammad nabi played a blinder scoring at 200 <laughs> yeah. karim janat did what was required najibul asadran who was you know who held back did his bit and then rashid khan hit three boundaries in an over to get them a chance of yeah three of one ball yeah right and unfortunately it was mujibur rahman facing that ball yeah yeah and that, he tamely oh yeah right he tamely hit it to mid on and was out <laughs> yeah yeah i did see that and having that, that, that's the great anxiety of those games where you you pull yourself back into it and then at the death i mean he did his very best in the obviously but he, it was um very disappointing but what a scare for sri lanka like you say but then when you look at it i mean they complained they did not get given the full information or the full impact of what could have happened that is with the run right yeah, yeah exactly what if he had taken a single of that one ball then yeah. if rashid khan had hit a boundary shot a four or a six they would have won the game but still finished that marginally whatever third decimal yeah. point ahead of sri lanka right that's right they told at least the coach of uh, afghanistan jonathan trot said mm. they were not given the full extent of it i think it's very simple that it it's a, it's a communication error but also i think it's a fault that lies with both parties where you have to also understand how the system works right absolutely yeah i i i must be as as a fan sometimes i struggle with these things but the people actually running the teams and running the the nation should know what's going on um with the help of the officials obviously the match officials at the time but but that was a particularly curious one and for some like Jonathan Trot who's obviously very experienced in the game for, to to admit he didn't understand what was happening was was quite an eye opener for me certainly absolutely look i mean it, there are nuances right so it's we are used to as cricketers thinking of this is the target we need to achieve this is the number of balls left and yeah. once you achieve the target you can walk off in theory absolutely. or you fail to achieve the target you stop the game right yeah but then no it happened in our league game this season where ah. due to rain shortening 18 overs was the target setup and this was the target 89 in this case was the target so our team achieved that with two balls left but then yeah. when everybody started walking off the umpire had the common sense to say guys wait right. in the remaining two balls if you take a wicket they are they'll have to score two more runs ah right. you'll win <laughs> right okay. because that's how takwat lois works so you yeah, set yeah, up a yeah. game of 18 overs you have to and see it you through and you have yeah. to see it through so this is the failing there and well yeah. i was a bit surprised at how inept fazl haq faruqi ended up he didn't look like he would survive even a single ball yeah, yeah. dilva yeah. very very experienced tananja dilva did what was needed yes. and he clinched the victory for sri lanka see yeah. i yeah. think afghanistan did not deserve to lose that game but then the way it transpired they lost that game yeah 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 tough one to say that Nepal knew they were like also runs as far as this tournament went and they would be happy to you know get as much game time against the top sides in Asia as possible mm. that was fine so they probably went home 
not as satisfied but not fully disappointed but then when it comes to a team like afghanistan who have come such a long way that we consider them equal to bangladesh and sometimes even yeah. one yeah. step above on a certain day with bangladesh sri lanka we don't know right because yeah. they can surprise anybody in asia yeah absolutely anybody in the world but yeah mainly in asian conditions where the spinners are coming to the fore their way of playing cricket they still play sort of late 1990s sort of cricket where they take it slow they start off slow and then they hit out That's towards into Mm. cross 272 80 and their bowlers will choke you sort of with a lot of yeah. spin mm. you see that you know they would probably feel really let down because the, the end result of how many games they won is not a correct reflection of how they played yeah 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 it's true but they they have to view that as as a learning point first of all but then take mm. it as encouragement for how close they came and that they 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 can build hopefully and become stronger and stronger as tournaments go forward for them right from then on we move on to the super force where the first game happened yesterday and haris rao seems to have now he took 50 odi wickets in yesterday with uh, some mm-hmm. of his dismissals but also i mean everybody says is on i everybody would be looking at shahin shafri the nasim shah yeah but haris rao probably in the shortest format he is more eyes on him but then the longer the format maybe not we think but He yeah. was the star turn four for nineteen in that game because, look, first of all, Bangladesh will be really disappointed that they looked comfortable. Litton Das looked comfortable. Mohammad Naim looked comfortable, and then suddenly something went wrong. In as much that they yes. lost the wicket of uh, Miraz very early on first ball, right? Then uh, Tawhid Hridaye also got very got out very early. It fell back on the two experienced campaigners, Shakib Al Hasan and Mushfiqur Rahim. So. from 4 for 47 under the 10 over mark you know you are going to be chasing the game the rest of the way yes. right yeah yeah mm. and pakistan has enough depth with their bowling you saw that so you saw you saw you know they had three standard uh, seamers or three frontline seamers and uh, bowling all rounder in fahim ashraf and mm. three other bowling all round spinners like you had shadab khan who will be your trump card spinner but then you have aga salman who went for a few runs they immediately went back to iftikhar ahmed you forget how experienced a cricketer iftikhar ahmed is because his dismissal of shamim hosain i thought was a turning point in the second mm. half of bangladesh batting so shakib alasan had did his bit mushfiqur rahim and shahim shamim hosain were batting well then you thought if these guys can take bangladesh beyond the 45 or mark take them to around 228 from there bangladesh yeah. can make 260 that suddenly yeah. becomes a very interesting score right uh, yeah that, that was a key partnership wasn't it was that was developing yes But then Iftikhar worked Shamim Hossain out. He saw this guy has a big ego. He wants to hit the ball far. Yeah. He kept him quiet for two balls, and the next ball Shamim ends up skying, yeah. which is taken. And then you have the other youngster Rafi Hossain, who again has a lot of promise. Right? He's the mm. guy. Even if he hits thirty, he'll hit it in like twenty balls. Yeah. So the yes. point is, can he bat twenty balls? That's the point about this guy. Because <laughs> what did what did eleven yesterday? Wasn't it? Yeah. Eleven yeah. balls, twelve runs. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, but then uh, amidst all this we saw Mushfiqur Rahim attempt something really silly charge Haris Rao trying to hit him over extra cover and get caught behind. Yeah. So that left a lot to be desired for me from I think they lost their last four wickets for four runs or five runs. Yeah. And that's that's terrible because in today's day and age where we know even number 11 can sort of bat bat you know can hold up one end you are expected to make 10 runs per partnership. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Right. That's right. They were 190 for six, I think, weren't they? And then 193 like or eight. Yeah, crazy. That, yeah, that's terrible. So, yeah, from that point on, you know, you have let yourself down, and then the variety in Pakistan's attack 
this is one of the most heartening things if you're a pakistan cricket fan mm. these three or four all-rounders fahim ashraf shadab khan aga salman if they are ahmed these are the same four you can invert around and that will come after number 4 or 5 in the batting lineup yeah yeah they give you a lot of depth and that's fantastic if you are pakistan team so in a chase like this you have nothing to worry mamul haq has shown a lot of maturity these days i think he's finishing off these chases he's able to take his time because he knows going at 5 over is never going to be an issue for him yeah and he keeps doing it knowing the confidence he has is knowing the likes of aga salman iftikhar ahmed shadab khan same guys in sometimes on his day mohammad rizwan and babar azam they can also pick up the scoring and this one did well didn't they in this one yes right. that's right yeah so um mm. i dare yeah. say in helpful conditions pakistan will be a handful for sure but yeah. even come the world cup they are still playing air quotes near at nearly at home it's exactly what they are used to isn't it yeah so yes i, I think yeah. for once pakistan is able to alloy some sort of some sort of consistency in their thought process and approach mm-hmm. and i think that's that's a very very dangerous pakistan team i don't know if you uh, think the same way yeah uh, yeah all round strength like you say that they've got experience um they know what they but they they've got such a, a depth with the all rounders genuine pace as well batsmen who can score runs they they on their day they can be absolutely anybody can't they there's no question about that and and they've got good experience so major threat going forward definitely right so when it comes to quickly about bangladesh i mean they'll be again very disappointed i mean even more than afghanistan i think bangladesh should be the real disappointed yeah. team because it, they don't seem to be learning because the youngsters who come into the team like a flashy 20 more than a 30 ball 27 or something yeah right? yeah yeah which mostly mm. we knew the games or which mostly mm. set you up in a position where you can try and win yeah and we discuss it's, later it's, on yeah it seems to come down to that that discipline aspect and and they don't seem to as as an individual grasp that within their role within a team sport there does seem to be a little bit too much ego at play sometimes it seems to me for the one person who wants to be the hero rather mm. than playing a role for the team I mean Shamim Hossain is a really new entity and he's very exciting but look Afif has played 30 ODIs and 63 T20s that's nearly mm. 100 games at the top level and you expect no hundreds yet right you expect him yeah. to have cracked it at some point in time because he's very exciting yes but then you need to show that promise where sometimes you have to make that hard graft 38 of 45 right and yeah It, then your team will benefit you would think a slowly scored 230 is better than a you know a hap hap as at 193 on such pitch mm. yeah so yeah yeah they they have a while to go because even their fast bowling attack is sometimes hit and miss Can you be see erratic. right mm. so taskin ahmed has been more or less good shoreful islam is all right but then you don't see uh, mustafizur rahman as a steady starter now anymore the guy who came up with those cutters who literally buried mm. india by taking back to back five fours and so on he has lost his edge a little bit hasan mahmood is a backup who can also bat a bit we know people like this need to step up also there yeah. are many other names like that so it's it's a tough tough call litan das who sort of again mehdi hasan miraz is sort of doing okay i don't want to sort of tick him up but people like mohammad yeah. naim litan das you expect these guys to step out and win games outright by themselves with the bat how how do you think that They'll, they'll do against Sri Lanka. Then we Sri Lanka had that scare against uh, Afghanistan. Do you think um, that that would have given Bangladesh a bit of hope about the way to play them? Look, Sri Lanka again—they're playing at home, right? So mm. if you look at tomorrow's game, 
you would expect sri lanka to actually win but not comfortably right yeah because again pin bowling attack of sri lanka so yeah. they always open with mahesh tikshana they you have the fast bowling attack of matisha patirana and uh, mm-hmm. kasun rajit has been doing very well yeah you have their fast bowlers but also their spinners what you see is some maverick performance from dananjay de silva charita salanka and then kushal mendes the captain has been quiet dasun shanaka i mm-hmm. expect mm-hmm. they'll pull through you see mm-hmm. a new hunger in the likes of sadira samaravikrama and kushal parera has not got an opportunity yet he's back right. in the squad patum bisanka yeah. and dimuth karunaratna are pretty steady right at the top you have enough there let me put it like this that yeah. can they dig deep when they need to probably sri lanka can ahead of bangladesh sri lanka will be able to do that better that's what i'm thinking should be able to yeah that's right yes yeah mm. interesting game though in prospect definitely definitely so also if you look at the table if you look at the bigger picture and look at the table of where the teams are mm. i think both teams will want to win this so yes. you, you don't want to take any anything for granted because in the super four currently only pakistan and bangladesh have played a game yeah. uh, but you know with both of these teams expecting to play bangladesh will play india but then sri lanka will play both india and bangladesh india and pakistan so you know those will be the tough games so you yeah. want to win this one mm. so absolutely yeah it's it's going to be a winner plays winner takes all sort of a competition bangladesh if they lose that game they're done they don't need to worry about it so they have to win it yeah that's right so they got to go so so that's where the maturity aspect comes into it when you know you're in a must win game but you've got to play with discipline to win that game that that's their test i think let's see if they're able to muster up that certain amount of maturity on both sides frankly but it will be an exciting <laughs> yeah. you're right Yes, yeah. So be. before we go away from this section, who do you back to win the Asia Cup, Tom? I I I think Pakistan because of their bowling attack. I really like the Pakistani. I mean, you, you can never discount India. Fantastic players and 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 used to winning games in in pressure situations. But I just think the Pakistani bowling attack for me would would just have the edge on it. Absolutely, you're right. So for me. outright favorites are pakistan but the india right so mm-hmm. as you say you cannot write them off or sri lanka at home you don't know the point yeah. is um sri lanka won an asia cup previously just one last year i yeah. think if i'm not wrong but if you think of india they have a hoodoo that they are not unable to win multi team tournaments in the last 4 to 5 years they are always bridesmaid bridesmaid so on semi finalists so they look to overturn it somewhere you cannot expect that mm-hmm. the world cup will sort of fall into your lap simply because you're playing at home no you'll need to start that preparation of mental fortitude also here right here you play against pakistan you try and win those games tight ones right yeah no yeah. no definitely so maybe also you know it's sort of a last hurrah for many players in that indian team so yeah. you may expect they may want to go away with a you know happy happy sort of a walk into the sunset rather than a hunch shoulder walk so we don't <laughs> right? the, the other factor as well is the weather isn't it we just got a hope <laughs> we don't get any more <laughs> weather interruptions because that that's oh, just be so frustrating if if that has a deciding influence on things now we keep seeing these memes all over the twitter where it's raining it's like all like puddle puddles up to the ankles in the streets of sri lanka and so on <laughs> so we don't know how much <laughs> of an impact that will have but uh, yeah, yeah. if you are a fan you just want a good game even if it's a shortened one right That's right. Absolutely. Yeah. All right. Cool. Now if we were to quickly move on to the South Africa Australia series. Well, the T20 series ended very interestingly where 
ऑस्ट्रेलिया ब्लैंक साउथ अफ्रीका सो यूजली ऑस्ट्रेलिया साउथ अफ्रीका इज ऑलवेज नीडल कॉन्टेस्ट्स वेयर यस द अवे टीम डज वेल by and large except for limited overs competitions where i saw that before today's odi australia had lost their last eight odis to south africa at home but now oh, realize was that any why okay yeah so now under mitchell marsh something seems to have changed and they don't have yeah. all their number one choice players so they don't have parker yeah. they don't have mitchell stark they have a bunch of good bowlers so when you look at the t20s yeah. they had spencer johnson nathan ellis tanvir sanga right so at least when it comes to the second and the third t20 you thought south africa were also in with a chance they were not completely out of it mm. but then first of all the chase so 164 in the second t20 on a durban pitch is sort of slightly maybe just under par because that's a fast pitch and the outfield is lightning fast yeah you think yeah. there's a lot of runs to be had 180 maybe is on par but south africa you never write them off but then no no, no. i think michel Marsh coming in at three is a re- revelation. Apart from his captaincy, oh, he's had an incredible run, hasn't he? Yeah. So, so um, once out so far, is that right? No. For now, they're they won the T Twenty series three nil. Yeah. And they won the first ODI. So when you when you look at Mitchell Marsh, he I think he got given this captaincy for this whole tour. That's right. It was an yeah. experimental thing, and he got given new mm-hmm. players like Matthew Short and the other thing, other people we've already discussed. So usually M- Matthew Wade or somebody like that would get given the captaincy previously. Now they thought, you know what? Let's send this guy in. Let's see what he can mm-hmm. do as a captain. And I mean, he's been around the Australian setup for donkeys years, but he's only thirty-one, thirty, thirty. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah. So he still has good three, four years, maybe another World Cup cycle left in him, if his body can yeah. hold up, right? Yeah, yeah. So he, maybe it's a good. experiment from australia but you're saying i th- i think it is and and it's particularly worked for him and his form and and the team have followed suit as well so um and and it's funny because i because he looks older than 31 as well and he seems mm. to have been around forever so in my head he's 33 34 but obviously i haven't done the maths on that so so it does make a lot of sense to to give him this this run of games and see how he how he's reacted And you have to say he's reacted brilliantly so far, and the team have followed him absolutely. And I thought I think he did very well to impress his style of play or his his sort of attitude on how he wants the team to play on these very new people, people like Spencer yes. Johnson, Tanvir Sangha, Matthew Short. They're all T Twenty products. They're all BBL products, and Josh English to an yeah. extent, right? And Tim David. I think Tim David put up such a good performance. He was included in the ODI squad right away. Oh right, okay, yeah. Almost yeah. like a audition for the World Cup, so to say. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's a good way of using it, isn't it? That's right. It's perfect opportunity, and yeah, mm-hmm. they they grasped it well. Do you think now the Australian team is also going to play differently in T20s if this guy were to continue as captain because he's taken a three nil victory in his first series? Yeah, yeah. I I I think. Well, it's it's funny. You can never tell. The, the Australians always, just always, for me anyway. Being English, I suppose that that mm. and tagging with the Australians, that they always seem to to come up with the goods when the pressure is on, and uh, and I think actually this would have been a good little learning to with with a quite a different looking side against South uh, South Africa. Mm. It's maybe given the selectors a bit of a, a minor headache, shall we say, looking at the World Cup exactly how they're going to play it. Interesting that Labuschagne got some runs again, didn't he? Got eighty the other day, so right. um, yeah, so so. I, again, much like we say against it about India, the Australians. I just always think 
by hook or by crook, they'll always be in the mix, mm. regardless of how they play. And it was interesting, the Test Series, obviously completely different, but they, they radically changed their very naturally aggressive approach and became very defensive against England. And the first few tests, mm. that certainly worked for them. So it proved to me their adaptability, that they, they did cop a bit of flack from people viewing them as being a bit defensive, being on the back foot. Mm. But I just viewed that as a very sensible game management to get them what they needed, which is ultimately a win. And and I think they'll, they'll take that pragmatic approach through to the World Cup as well. I think so. And now, the way he's played, I think he's going to be number three, no matter which format, limited house format at least. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. With Marsh, and also, of course, Head came good in the third um, T20I. He won the game for them with a 92. Right? It was going to yeah. be a tough chase. That one, I thought, South Africa may yet pull back. So, there, I think, you know, the the inconsistency and the inexperience that they have in their bowling attack let them down. First of all, sort of belatedly, Tristan Stubbs scored some runs. They had Donovan Ferreira, another very exciting name in the squad. He scored some runs. And 190 mm. is now a serious target. But then, yeah, yeah. I, I don't know. They had Lizard Williams and they had Bjorn Fortown and Lungi Engedi got targeted in his only over. Keshav Maharaj got targeted. So I think they may have felt a bit let down by the spinners in that game where they expected the spinners to play a bit of a role during the sort of middle overs between over number six yeah, and over eight. Yeah, yeah. I think that, that's very common, isn't it? Yeah, they, they needed more control at that point and it, it wasn't forthcoming for them. Because Josh English played that aggressor role while Travis had waited and then Marcus Stoinis did that while then Travis had sort of took off. Yeah, yeah. Absolutely. Again, but that, that's that's great game management, mm. isn't it? To, to just let one player have his head with the other one takes it steady. Yeah, just checking there. Josh English, yeah, 42 or 22 balls, wasn't it? Which is just what you need in that position in the batting order. Exactly. So, I mean, he did it well enough that we're going to discuss probably these two squads before we move away from this topic. We can also look at the World Cup squad. So, coming to the ODI series, they played the first ODI today. And again, they beat, um, they being Australia, beat... South Africa, after what, it looked like they were dead and buried. So, it was a real, real exciting game mm. where it was a low-scoring thriller. It was on a bloom yeah. wicket that was sort of sticky and sort of two-paced. And balls kept low and so on. So, I mean, the headline from one of these cricketing sites is good. They say, Temba 114, rest of South Africa 88. Right. And then the extras took them to 222. I think he played a masterclass. He remained unbeaten towards the end, strike rate of 80. And only he had Marco mm. Janssen. One guy, only one guy kept him company for at least 10 hours. Nobody even batted more than six hours with him. Right? That's true, isn't it? And, yes, yeah. Just looking at the, the scorecard now. And this yeah. guy carries the bat. And 222 on such a pitch is not... You won't dismiss it. You won't scoff at it. Right? And their bowlers yeah, did yeah. enough. So, Australia were in like a lot of strife because one guy got retired out and five others got dismissed. And at 5 for 72, anything could have happened. And... So yeah, that's when yeah, yeah. sort of the replacement, Marnas Labushkagni, stepped in for Cameron Green. Yeah. And he played a blinder. So, Sean Abbott did a little bit of damage control. Stoinis was going okay. But then once Stoinis goes out, 6 for 93, you're like, oh, mm. oh maybe, you know. It big trouble. You have three yeah. people really, really keen and bowling fast. They don't mind the runs. So, it's Rabada, Engidi and Kurche the new fast bowler, the youngster. And Marco Janssen was doing sort of yeah. his bit. He was playing, he was bowling one or two unplayable balls every over, right? So you thought it's mm. not going to go the distance. If Australia mm. bat any amount of time, they're going to win it because the run run rate is never going to be in the picture. The run rate was three already by the 10th or 12th. Absolutely. So 
then you know i mean the yeah. required run rate so then you know can somebody hang in there so it took somebody of a test match temperament to win the game marnas labushkar ne yeah that's right uh, he was the perfect man for that situation wasn't he yeah I mean, short of smith walking in i think he was the absolute right man right <laughs> yeah yeah that's and right you yeah. think this guy he had a point to prove he was left out of the squad and he's like yeah. how dare you leave me out of the world cup squad i'm going yeah. to show you what you missed and you see there's still a role for a banker what you're saying the longer the game the more chances that you can actually bounce back by absorbing a little bit of pressure staying out there making the yep. game you know sort of slowly turning it around absolutely sometimes you do, do need to stabilize it for five overs which seems like a long time in the one day for one in the 50 over game you can do that and you've got someone like him with his wealth of experience and his confidence in scoring gradually then absolutely the perfect man so again so maybe given that the Aussie select is a, a bit of a headache because uh, I, I think he's proved is is worth in that in that game isn't he I dare say in the coming games so in this game we saw Josh English play as a batter right and yeah. David Warner came back into the 11 so there were big hitters from both sides who didn't do much so you had David Miller uh, Henry Klassen from South Africa all of these guys came in right so they'll be all raring to go they'll all want to put their best foot forward Mm. so also pop sort of popeye stoinis hasn't had much to do with the bat he'll want one defining innings right like the t20 side yeah yeah so yeah. let's quickly look at the world cup squads of these two teams because we here we've talked a lot um, so when you look at south africa squad to begin with temba bahuma is the captain i think he's a he's an inspirational leader and occasionally he pulls out these performances which you cannot account for at all i think he did it multiple times in a test he made 172 in a very low scoring game i remember recently he's done this multiple times right. where i think in a odi recently he hit a 150 odd where again he took his team nearly to a win in an improbable game so he's the right sort of a captain he knows how to lead from the front but also i think he inspires certain amount of confidence and certain amount of belief in his players when you look at the south african squad mm. solid middle order options heinrich klassen David Miller, Riza Hendricks, Rasif Underdusen, Aiden Makram, solid. Good fast bowling attack, Kagi Surabada, Lungi Engidi, Heinrik Norkia, Sissanda Magala, Gerald Kutche. For me, the real talking point, and of course, we can't forget a guy like Quinton de Kock. He's opens, he opens and Riza Hendricks will be yes, at the yeah, top, yeah, right? So, yeah. you'll see, they have only two full-time spinners, Tabre Shamsi and Keshav Maharaj. Mm. No Bjorn Fortein, no other people. right i'm very surprised yes the only other spinner they can count on is probably a starter in the squad aidan makram i think his his spin has improved quite a lot we can give him credit for right that. okay yeah but yeah have they have they sort of shorted themselves by not picking another full time spinner here it it it's it, it's a huge gamble isn't it i think definitely because that they are leaving them exposed especially with the tournament being where it is you think they'd want the, the backup of another one there um puts a lot of pressure on on the the, the media patients and the the pace attack doesn't it and we'll we'll have to see what happens but i i, I it feels like a risk definitely obviously they're, they're back in there there are the bowlers to produce and and those those spinners to do the goods but what if someone gets you know gets injured you you fall out of form that they're, they're really on the back foot straight away right. aren't they so in these sort of conditions you expect spinners to actually win you games so you may even expect three one yes. four spinners sometimes in the 11 I think recently in the last game somebody was counting them Pakistan had 5 of which two were all rounders. Yes. So anyway, coming back they also saw for example like I don't know if you remember a couple of years ago Delhi did really well banking on Heinrich Norkia and um, 
Kagisora Bada, their the South African opening attack, they banked them, banked on them for T20s, and they did well. But right. that's the difference between a T20 and a 50-hour game. Where it's, it's a very different game, isn't it? Yeah, absolutely. Because as we've mentioned a couple of times, the longer format does give teams the ability. Actually, you can see out certain bowlers, can't you? Mm. You can just but say we're not going to take any chances there. Yeah. Whereas in, in the T20, you don't have that luxury. So, yeah, it, 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 it's just a very different format and you need more flexibility in your outlook, I think. Indeed. So that, that took me a little bit by surprise. But then when you come to the Australian yeah. squad, well, theirs is a different sort of a gamble, I must say. So Pat Cummins is the captain. You have Sean Abbott, Estonegar, right? And then you have a bunch of all-rounders, Cameron Green. You have uh, Glenn yeah. Maxwell, Mitchell Marsh. Marcus Toynis, right? Again, Adam Zampa is their lead spinner, no Sangha. And they also yeah. have uh, two full-time spinners in Adam Zampa and Ashton Agar. But then the quality mm-hmm. of their backup spin is quite good. Glenn Maxwell will be will most definitely yeah. be a starter. Travis Head can bowl, we know. Yeah, absolutely. And yeah. With, the, with the likes of Marcus Toynis, see, he's a very adaptable bowler. Unlike, unlike yes. Lungi Engidi, who can't bat as well as Marcus Tonis, I must say, or Marco Jansen, who also cannot. Marcus Tonis can open the bowling or bowl in the middle overs. He can yeah, yeah, come absolutely. up the batting order yes. or come in late in the batting order. So, the same with yeah. Glenn Maxwell. You could open the bowling with Glenn Maxwell, yeah. you know. So, I think yeah, Eden yeah. Makram did it a couple of times, but that's the point. I think, I still think they could have chosen one more spinner, simply because it's a World Cup played mm-hmm. in India. Unless they mm. plan to bowl Stephen Smith. I don't know how much he's training. Right, we don't know. Uh, yes, be interesting. Yeah, right? yeah. He yeah. is a leg break uh, bowler. Could do. He, he does bowl it. Yes, yeah. I, I, I think it would be a stretch to put him in in that sort mm. of pressure cooker environment of a of a World Cup game. But why not? Exactly. But let's see. I think both these teams are for me one spinner shot because look, you have a very competent mm. base bowling attack. Pat Cummins, Sean Abbott, Josh Hazelwood. And then these are full bowlers, Mitchell Stark. Uh, absolutely. Right? Full, yeah. Full. Yeah. They yeah. are enough to win you yeah. a game. Then you have all-rounders like Mitchell Marsh, Marcus Toynis, right? Cameron Green. So that's a fantastic. But I would have included one spinning all-rounder, but nobody has that luxury. They, they don't have a Jadeja. Right? No. Somebody... no, no, no. Tanvir Sangha, they probably tried to see what he can do. Tim David again, who can actually bowl a bit as well. Right? He didn't make mm. it. So, But I still think there is also another question when it comes to Australia. It's about the injured people that are still actually sort of on the sidelines. People like Pat Cummins, Stephen Smith, Mitchell Stark, Glenn Maxwell. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So what you said, right? Glenn Maxwell is your definite starter. And potentially Stephen Smith, I would start. Josh English sort of would be yeah. his backup for me. So I would always start with Stephen Smith because of his lot banking ability, right? Go and score at a strike rate of 85 or 90 and score like bat 40 hours of the game or whatever, right? Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. Mm. I don't know that 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 could be an issue. Yeah, maybe they may get a late and, replacement. Uh, yeah, it could be. Yeah, I, I, I Matthew think, Short. Yeah, yeah, that's right. But I think that they'll be confident with the bat in front. Actually, with the form we've seen, as we said earlier, from Mitchell Marsh and, and Travis Head recently as well in South Africa, um, and the, the the conundrum of David Warner mm. as well. Obviously, he didn't have the best time over here in the in the in the summer. But uh, you don't write him off can, when it comes to World Cups. Especially no. he's played so many seasons of IPL, probably nobody knows India as well yeah. as David Warner, frankly. 
absolutely yeah yeah massive experience yeah so um yeah no that the it's an interesting selection definitely mm. so i see some chinks in those squads but it's not a write off that's what i'm trying to say yes yeah absolutely now if you were to quickly take a look at the other t20a series england new zealand so england mm. from a 2-0 they gave the series a 2 all to new zealand i would say surprised that new zealand were able to yeah. come back in the third and the fourth t20a at all I, i i think so yeah i think um maybe it was a bit of overconfidence uh, everybody that i came to it seemed to have written new zealand off and thought uh, it was going to be a, a a whitewash in in the series but actually you know new zealand have some some f- hmm. incredibly dangerous bats i mean we we, we see glen phillips here playing for gloucester in the past and and as he did in the, i think it was the third game glen phillips can taken apart well I like the way he plays actually Benfield because he's another one he he sort of builds his way into an innings he doesn't normally go gung ho from the start but if Glen Phillips gets in and he's got his 30 off 40 balls or something the odds are on he's going to get a big score very quickly at the end of the innings and, and New Zealand have that capability within them very uh, the, uh, with, with the openers as well but that they can score runs and I I think maybe in the little blase I'm um, maybe been bit dismissive of, of their attitude but um you can't write new zealand off but to come back from two no down is, is a great achievement from their perspective first of all in that 3028 they they made 200 plus so glen phillips tim yeah. seifert finn allen came good and it looks like finn allen was sort of uh, sort of giving an audition for a potential world cup opening slot as well people like mark Definitely. chapman yeah. we, we were talking of spin bowling all rounders Here's a here's a chap who can do that for you. Come Asian conditions, Mark Chapman, Mitchell Santner, right? You have mm. the strength, and Glenn Phillips. I've seen him bowl some right arm off break as well. So you, oh right? yeah, so, yeah, 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 yeah. But mm. England, I think they they were also cycling through the squad. Luke Wood played a few games. Gus Atkinson, Chris Jordan came for the third game. Adil Rashid played. Yeah, and then in the for the last game, they also had uh, Rehan Ahmed England. So they are also running through a few options and permutations in the squad. right yeah definitely and david malan is usually a banker for england in the top order harry brook the new the new man uh, sensational guy will jacks yes. didn't distinguish himself much and he couldn't get much bowling either right and then mm. in that game yeah. they got really found out so the the much wanted depth of english batting didn't come to four because liam livingston didn't at number 7 for me is a bit late yeah. but then imagine you're four down yeah four down for 55 but it's Uh, the ninth over so you need a lot of runs so 140 yeah. odd runs in 12 overs if anybody can do it it's jos butler moin ali liam lingston i would think yeah yeah right? yeah mm. except for gus atkinson and adil rashid adil adil rashid can bat time but he can't really hit the ball far so you think even maybe with chris jordan supporting they should have come close so that was a comfortable loss there i think mm. kyle jamison really came to the fore and ish sodi even though he went for a few runs it doesn't matter when you're taking three wickets as a leg leg spinner right so absolutely right yes yeah definitely that was a comfortable win for new zealand but then what surprised me was how easily england lost the last game so johnny besto gives you a real hyper start and then you're mm. going at i don't know at 11 plus runs on over well into the 12th over right but from then on sort of they collapsed so from um they were not at 11 in the 12th over but they were there in the 13th and the 14th over but you think 105 in the 11th over let's start there yeah and then what happened well only 175 so they would be really happy new zealand that they were able to again pull back thanks to the spinners ishodi nobody challenged him 2 for 21 of 
yeah, 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 right so mm. they did that really well and kyle jamison well he went for a few runs here but saudi matt henry finished strong rachin ravindra another another left arm spinner who can bat in the middle order right so new zealand were also going through their combinations darrel mitchell batted at 3 but then yeah. the main damage was done by first tim seifert but then glen phillips and mark chapman yeah. score they showed that maturity to take new zealand to very close and then rachin ravindra comes out hits a couple of big shots the match is over that's right yeah yeah they 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 are very good at pacing and in innings i think the new zealand team but when uh, they they've got the again the experience and but the explosiveness there when needed always going to be a threat i, I really like the way new zealand play i mean this england team are really good they want to chase and they want to chase big beat in a format i think they are very confident but in games like this when you have a 179 which is slightly above par in most cases they are unable yeah, to come yeah. up with the goods where nobody looked to slow the game down rehan ahmed did he did really well he took two wickets as well but then moin ali mm. as the more experienced spinner 2.2 overs 23 adil rashid 4 overs 41 so, that was a bit let yeah. down, bit of a let down for me also sam karan yeah yeah so something i think they may also want to learn when it comes to the longer format not completely ignore that right because mm. you are good at chases but then what happens when you end up batting first and not come up with a above par score right absolutely and and that is going to going to happen isn't it it's you have to be prepared to 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 as we think we said before to really squeeze teams or strangle them and and england didn't have the capability to do that so for me the odi series that starts has a lot of significance has assumed a lot of significance with the world cup squad sort of sort of up for grabs they've added mm-hmm. harry brook to the squad right <laughs> yeah yes him, uh, almost by public demand i think yes that's right yeah. i somehow think luke would uh, sorry luke right has sort of made up his mind and then i think he was persuaded yeah. by the likes of i don't know uh, potentially ben stokes or somebody and who was told you know give this guy a go right i mean yeah. who would you pick him in place of liam livingston because liam livingston can bat and bowl yeah he can bat i i think probably livingston would be the one to 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 step down for me just because uh and, and it's not a criticism of livingston but just that brook is exceptional mm-hmm. he's he's almost like one of those once in a generation players and he's he's obviously doesn't succeed every time and he got i think was he four in the last mm-hmm. game but he he plays the game with such a freedom such power for a slight guy as and he's he's tall but he's he's not powerfully built necessarily uh, and he he just is that maverick card in in that batting order there that can absolutely destroy a team mm-hmm. and i and i think livingston probably for me would be the one to step aside but it's a tough call because he hasn't done a lot wrong liam livingston indeed so again new zealand you never write them off and liam livingston i don't think he got yeah. enough chances with the bat or enough time with the bat to make a point maybe only in the third mm. and the second uh, t20s he had some time but let's see let's see how that yeah. goes because we can also expect liam livingston to fight a little i mean when you look at the squad oh yeah absolutely right yeah so yeah. he's also there yeah. as a bunch in the bunch of all rounders but for me if you were to look at spinners in asian conditions moin ali and adil rashid would be my first picks yeah yeah right? definitely i mean they they used to got to be in to start with yes and their wealth of well, experience simply but, yeah. because there's one guy who's in the odi squad called jo root who can bowl <laughs> who can bowl more than yes. andy off breaks right yeah yeah he's a menace actually jo root exactly. yeah so the jo root in that squad that's why i think liam livingston might miss out because you will want to have jo root as your banker english banker much like 
you know mm-hmm. steven smith mm-hmm. and so on so that's going to be very interesting they'll miss the firepower yeah, yeah. the likes of uh, archer for sure but then brayden cars has been given a chance gus atkinson is still in the odi squad you have the likes of restop yeah. who's not very rapid but has enough has enough pace you have markwood of course you can never write this guy off i think he's going to potentially he's uh, closer to the end markwood 33 plus maybe this world cup maybe one more world mm-hmm. cup t20 world cup we don't know that's why we recently heard he turned down a, or he might turn down a full time england contract to try and play uh, in t20 yeah. league starting mm-hmm. next year already so okay yeah that sort of makes sense right. doesn't it so plenty to look forward to neither of these teams have picked a squad but we know new zealand sort of are more or less certain to pick kane williamson in their squad their banker yes yeah, yeah. you would think he would mm. he would play and he would be the first name on the sheet or the second name on the sheet in most games but then they also That's have it. quite a lot of people to sort of sort out from what we saw in the t20s and 50 over cricket games they they do um rotate their teams a lot don't they new zealand so that they, they they and that's one thing that maybe i think works against them because um they i don't know they, they, there's almost 20 people there for new zealand that could come in and do a job and you wonder if they've really got a coherent plan sometimes to to get the best team on the pitch for that particular game look you'll have uh, saudi bolt potentially playing for the last time together in any world tournament i think Yeah yeah they'll want mm. to do something special they're they're a really special pair right. yeah. beat the red ball or the white ball right you have the likes of yeah. you have the likes of Darrell Mitchell very experienced now you have Glenn Phillips more 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 or less running the middle order right but then you also have yeah. sort of people like uh, Jamison who's 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 sort of um, you know mm. who's sort of come back and wants to reestablish himself as a preeminent all-rounder you have spinners like Santner, all of these people, right? So it's going to be real, real fun. So I'm looking forward to their squad as well, the New Zealand squad. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. Yeah, so definitely. now, if we were to have a quick look at the women's cricket, mm, and sensational performance by Sri Lanka against England. Absolutely. Let's start yeah. right there. So surprised. So Sri Lanka, who had never won a game against England on English soil, come back and win two T20s to take yeah. the series. Surprised. Yeah, yeah, remarkable. Um, obviously, there've been a few changes in the England setup, and I'll be absolutely honest. I don't know enough about the Sri Lankan ladies team to to know if they're if they're absolutely at full strength or whether they'd made a few changes. But can't take away what they did. Uh, both, you know, tremendous performances, weren't they? So, if you look at Samaria Tapatu, really the talisman when it comes to Sri Lankan women's cricket, both with the bat and ball, mm. she opened the bowling and she opened the batting. But then. in the two decisive games yeah. what really mattered was sri lanka chased they restricted england to 101 yes. uh, mm. under 120 first game 104 second game 116 17 that's their range the moment england yeah. would cross 150 they would be in trouble sri lanka they knew it you look at their right, bowling attack still yeah. very yeah. much spin dominated and that worked for them here in foreign conditions right so you play with your mm. with your strength i mean as an indian fan going back you know india bowled three or four spinners against england in that 1971 series i don't know if you remember they won it right so yeah, you say yeah, why not yeah. go by your strength and play your mm. your type of cricket for yeah, yeah, what definitely. the opposition brings yeah. like pretty much what south africa does wherever they go bring a lot of uh, firepower a lot of artillery try and blast the batsman out right that works for sri lanka and then chamaria yeah, yeah. also with the ball 
uh, also with the bat of course she is one of the preeminent hitters in women's cricket yeah. frankly much like in the mold of uh, like very yeah, illustrious male cricketers like jay surya a top order like a thrasher who can kill the game mm. off in 5 to 8 overs right that's what she did in that first in the second yeah. t20 they won the first they won the second game surprised everybody but then england they had yeah, yeah. sort of more or less the sort of a uh, squad they wanted mahika gaur played in the uh, decisive, uh, decisive game but they had freya kemp they had heather knight they had all the big names mm. they had good spin options themselves right they were kept 216 all out uh, yeah, again yeah. lot of good bowling chamari attapattu taking yeah. a three four and then coming out and hitting 44 in no time that's it the game was killed yeah yeah and and 3 for 21 wasn't it you know so very tight very controlled and uh they they just well uh, again uh, uh, what i like that it seems a real team spirit and team effort there to to strangle the england batting uh, and then bat powerfully from the, the top and chase the target down comfortably in the end exactly so the england team will be hurting this is the team that came back to hold australia yes. for a share of the ashes right and from there yes. they may think you know we've let us have done badly so it's i'm really looking forward to the odi series that follows and i expect england to come out and thrash sri lanka i don't know what your thoughts are <laughs> well i think there'll be a renewed determination um and it's interesting because john lewis who is the 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 coach of the the ladies team is a former glossisher man here and actually we had a a, a lovely session with john lewis a while ago just before we mm. took, took the job um and i know he's he's very determined that 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 they will produce the goods and was thrilled with the way they came back against australia and um i think that he'll be disappointed with what happened but also it will have given him an insight into a few other players and it will they'll view it as a positive learning curve i'm sure and and look to really drive home some some big victories going forward from here that's going to be very interesting i'm looking forward to that uh, series as well and the other series mm. really the one where frankly pakistan beating anybody at home is not that much of a surprise they are a very strong team no. so no. you have uh, bisma maruf nidadar and people like real uh, diana beg nasra sandhu these are all real stalwarts when it comes to the game itself and so yeah. no surprises there they blanked south africa 3-0 and south africa were without many of their key players so rola lora walward mm-hmm. was made the skipper sunelu stepped down there was some uh, internal uh, things going on there probably it also reflects on uh, right. on the result yeah i don't know if that's how it came out and that's why you saw they were not yeah. as good as they could have been okay i wasn't aware of that so that's interesting to hear the, the, a bit of the back story yeah all i really saw on that was that it was a the the, the, the whitewash victory so uh, uh pakistan is strong like you say absolutely and they didn't have a couple of their top uh, players right yeah cloitrion didn't go and, uh, they didn't have their best pick of players it must be said but then also mm. they're playing away mm. from home in unfamiliar conditions where spin probably dominate yeah but then you know 150 plays 144 is not particularly low scoring if you're looking at women's t20s so no. pakistan absolutely yeah right yeah. pakistan came out on top and deservedly so so wonderful result there if you're a pakistani cricket fan mm Yeah, just by six runs. Yeah, but um, hmm. yeah, conditions would obviously suit them, uh, and especially say with, with the slightly diminished South African squad. No, for sure, because you can see that you know, uh, especially 
all T20s, more or less, Pakistan ended up making 150. So when you look at that in the bigger picture, if you end up making 150 in women's T20s, more or less certain you will be also, you know, looking to be very close to a winner that way. Yeah, yeah, right? yeah, definitely. So yes. Sunil Luz probably didn't really put up her best performances. You thought she could have done more. And there are a bunch of these things that are going on on the side. And I mean, we'll let the off-field issues sort themselves out. While we wish, indeed, yes. you know, we wish, uh, if if possible, South Africa can put their best team on field at all conditions. Uh, it it sometimes yeah. comes to pass that it might not happen. So yeah, 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 and that that's what you just hope for these players, isn't it? They get the opportunity to fulfil their undoubted talent, and you don't want internal politics to get in the way, really. Indeed, let's see how that goes. They also have a ODA series to follow, so something to look forward to if you are a women's cricket fan. Yeah, yeah. Now. Definitely. We discussed a couple of World Cup squads. I think there are a couple more that we can quickly go through. Mm-hmm. One, India have released their World Cup squad. And when you look at this India squad, did you see anybody else making it? So India put up a really strong squad, must be said. You may, you may think, you know, one or two players might be unlucky. People like Ashwin always come into, come into discussions, I think, yeah. when playing at home. But then he's not been in the ODI squad sort of almost more than 12-15 months. So that's sort of on on track. They didn't pick him. People like Aksar Patel will always pip Ashwin simply because of one, the fitness in the field, also the big mm-hmm. ability. Right? Yes. Ashwin can win you a game outright just with the ball. But then in the limited hours game where you don't need to get everybody out, you can tie them down. Aksar Patel is equally good. On the other hand, you have a stalwart in Javindra Jadeja who can both turn tie them down and get them out, the spinners. Mm. And I was happy to see Kuldeep Yadav make the squad, though I was a bit disappointed there was no room for Yashwendra Chahal. I mean, right. this mm. Yashwendra Chahal versus Akshar Patel is a, always a long debate, simply because would you want another variety bowler, somebody who can turn the ball both ways, versus somebody who sort of hangs it there or thereabouts at a certain speed, right? Especially when playing Asian mm. teams, Sri Lanka, Pakistan, Afghanistan. Right, even Bangladesh, they are going to be good at playing spinners. Yes. Aksar Patel's variety of spin is sharp on a good length, left arm, orthodox spin. He's more relying on the variety from the pitch. Mm. Then he might not be as effective as Ayazwendra uh, Chahal or Ashwin. That's that's the argument, right? Okay, yeah, yeah. So, yeah. Uh, But then they, they went for him simply because I think he also gives you that additional depth with the bat. Because as we always joke, India, if you have Bumra, Shami and Siraj as your fast bowlers, you'd be a bit worried about... Absolutely. Yeah. Right. So... <laughs> Tremendous. Yeah. 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 Um, as well as they are, good, they are with the ball, as well they bowl with the ball, you know, they can't probably muster 30 runs between them when faced with a Harris no. Rauf or a Shaheen Shafridi. That's what I meant. No, no, no. Right? Yeah, oh, I see. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So yes. That's the worry. Or a Pat Cummins or a Markwood, right? You want somebody who can stand up to them as well. So that's where I think Akshar Patel pipped somebody like Yeshwendra Chahal. But then Shardul Thakur has been picked. That's another discussion point for me because, um, well, he's not as effective because he's a fast bowling all rounder who's always a bit on the costlier side in home conditions. Mm. In away conditions, he'll be your seeming all-rounder because Hardik Pandey is already in the squad. He'll definitely give you mm. four or five overs. That's not a problem. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, then, 
it's it's such a tough pick i would i would think shardul thakur has been picked as a backup for somebody like pandya because pandya may not play all the games even though he's the vice captain that's true yeah right yeah, probably won't i would have thought yeah and same for between bumrah and shami i don't think they'll play every game so you may expect mm-hmm. bumrah siraj to start and then you would have shardul with pandya right because pandya can win your game just with the bat mm. so then you have the third bowlers contingent covered then you have kuldeep and akshar kuldeep ravindra jadeja and akshar so there are some permutations you can work out but then then last comes the most important question so they picked surikumar yadav who's not the most let's say accomplished in odis in the last couple of months but then mm-hmm. kl rahul yeah this is the real white elephant or elephant in the room whatever you want to call him poor guy he's done nothing he's not had a chance to come on the field and a lot of the focus mostly negative has been on him mm. do you have any thoughts at all on this i to be honest i i don't know enough about his situation to be frank with you i don't want to talk about stuff i'm not sort of solid on so i i probably would just pass on that one so it's very simple right he's in the asia cup squad but he's not yet played a game because he's not yet fit right so i think he, if he plays it will be his first game will be india pakistan on oh okay right, right. I, yeah. over the weekend then the next question if he comes into the squad what happens to ishan kishan who did such a good job mm. at least against pakistan if you remember yeah he didn't yeah. get a bat against nepal that's not his fault but then shreyas ayer is coming back so is kl rahul both are coming back from injury they have not had enough game time mm. ideally they are competing with each other if you don't want to keep ishan kishan out of the squad he's a left-hander who bats in the middle order you need one of those at least rohit sharma right-handed shubman gill right-handed virat kohli right-handed shreyas iyer right-handed surikumar yadav right-handed you see the problem who would you yeah, who would yeah, you pick absolutely. ishan kishan has to play then would you yeah, pick both ishan yeah. and rahul then one of shreyas or surya will not play yeah you see it, it it's a real conundrum isn't it yeah and exactly. not one that i'd like to be a selector making that call i'll be honest with you this is the real place where i think they may have they may have given themselves a little bit of an issue but then mm. i think the team management under rahul dravid have some plan mm-hmm. uh, and clearly you want to back your players be it shreyas iyer or kl rahul they are sort of really good really good players they have some pedigree to fall back on because many people thought somebody like sanju samson was left out it was not right sanju samson could have been picked ahead of surya kumar yadav who's really not as i said set the world alight his odi record is okay because he's had 250s in 26 yeah. games uh, average of just 24 strike rate is always good with surya so in this case they were thinking you know maybe he can he can now come into his own but they said why not pick sanju samson why not give him the same opportunity yeah, absolutely yeah yeah in odi yeah. kl rahul is your banker average 45 strike rate 87 over 50 games he's done his bit That's yeah not yeah. a problem Consistent. you will want to pick yes him, right yeah. then comes his comparison with somebody like uh, surya as then you know he's better than surya you would think even though he's not played much mm. and the other guy who's coming back from injury you want to give him time shreyas iyer again a banker a solid batter and in asian conditions yeah. really really good not a problem yes yeah uh, at home yes yeah there are some holes here with the indian squad but then at the end it's still a very competitive squad they have all the bases mm. covered five right handers are as good as five four right handers and one left hander right so mm. at the end of the day it's about the people who have been picked can they go ahead and win you the game that's all there is to it mm. right yeah, that's right and in those pressure conditions as well exactly. um yeah, yeah.
absolutely yeah i think that's With where little room for error no i think mm. that's where somebody like surya has pipped sanju because sanju samson is not known for his temperament he's known for his wonderful stroke making but surya kumar is known for his temperament under pressure same for rahul yeah. same for ayer right yeah so they've gone with that experience and that let's say more or less dependability yeah and and as as we said it's time for india to win a competition isn't it mm. that, that, so maybe this is the some of the thinking is that we need stability they've got to get over the line and 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 if you can have that experience head uh to help you with that that may be the the background thinking on it with bumrah shami kuldeep yadav and uh, siraj you have enough people and jadeja you never write jadeja out yeah yeah these could yeah, be yeah. your starters right these could be your starters in a finals yeah these five yeah yeah definitely each of them can win you a game on any day so yeah that is a, that is a mm. very good potent uh, bowling lineup add a hardik to it who can do a bit of both you have so then you know you have all your bases covered and potentially a good chance to win the trophy so at home yeah. uh, we'll see what's possible and yeah yeah likes absolutely. of rohit sharma virat kohli last hora mm they'll want to win some games by themselves with the bat right yeah yeah so plenty to look forward to if you're an indian fan yeah and for some it could be like the the last big big show for them couldn't it so it's uh, yeah they want to go out with a bang absolutely so let's see how it comes to pass and um mm. couple of sri lanka related news first of all sachitra sena nayaka former spinner from sri lanka has been arrested for some alleged coercion of players in trying to sort of get them into match fixing yeah it happened in 2020 I, yeah I, I, as i read it so not games that he was directly involved with mm. but an idea that he was having conversations with people it seems a very worrying story so that's a problem and you know that you know this guy he had a decent career at the top level but also i think now he's sort of uh, involved in the coaching setup and so on so people who are in trustworthy positions with teams yeah yeah for them to come out and be addressed at 2020 is not so long ago and this is sort of corona mm. period and not maybe yeah. not always were on these tournaments these sort of tournaments you don't know what has happened because recently we heard something about the ILT20 uh, tournament in the, the UAE that was happening even in 19 2019-2020, Marlon Samuels was arrested for some similar sort of an allegation. So, right, right, yeah. Let's yeah. wait out on this. Yeah, see, see what comes to pass. But it, it's not the sort of story you ever like to hear about, is it? Absolutely. But we know, we know that you know, right from the 1800s, there have been people who've been involved because some people like a flutter or three, and uh, that means <laughs> it helps if you know which way the horse is going to run. Absolutely, yes, indeed, yes. So, but. that is one news the other news is even more disturbing if anything because sri lankan cricket has actually suspended all board run domestic tournaments for now because yeah i, I only became aware of that today that seems like a really staggering development to me um is it to do because there's this confusion over the the number of formats and the number of games and some exactly. teams feel they're missing out yeah so in a country like sri lanka much like sometimes pakistan and other asian countries with a change in government comes a change in guard of the board right that can mean one set of plans that were brought in may be thrown out by the other mm. so in 2021 the same thing happened where sri lanka had a technical advisory committee headed by a certain arvinda deselva who came up with two groups of 13 teams uh, did away with the two tier structure a lot of teams would compete so in sri lanka it's pretty much like the netherlands where it's the club structure that upholds the international cricket Right. Yeah. Yeah. So they don't have this uh, organized 
structure of county cricket or state level or regional cricket that some other teams have right mm-hmm. so yeah. they have been trying to figure out what's best for them to try to keep their uh, try to keep that system the whatever underpins keep the, the, yeah keep the domestic game going and feeding right. then the international side right yeah so they are yet to work it out but then i think this is a temporary setback uh because it's very far away from a potential domestic season and the potential domestic season will start later due to the world cup they have a lot of time to work it out right yeah and in sri lanka pretty much like everywhere else in south asia this is a balm for all the everyday pains that people undergo cricket is a way they forget it okay yeah yeah you really can't see that being completely suspended for a year or two unless it's like another corona year you really can't see it suspended so mm. i expect some some sort of uh, arrangements and some sort of compromises will be arrived at in time so this is something i'm looking forward to and i think we will watch this space carefully let me put it like this yeah yeah it's going to be we just hope again for the sake of the the cricketers mm. that they can play and and say and and the fans uh, at the moment the only ones is losing out the, the the players and the fans and and you you want a sustainable format to come forward absolutely so from that point a little bit of a bad news again we have we have come to know that heat streak former uh, zimbabwean all-rounder has passed yeah. away just short of 50 years of age yeah tragically young uh, yeah he was fighting cancer we know and yes. uh, he couldn't make it i mean there was a there was already sort of a hint at what was going on when his long-time teammate henry olanga who now lives in england sort of released this news prematurely because it was believed heat streak died a couple of days before the actual death happened and mm. it then came to uh, the fans knowledge that he was really close to the door of death nobody knew this i yeah. mean we knew he was he was um, sort of indicted in some sort of a corruption scandal yeah and then he sort of stayed away from cricket this is a this is a wonderful cricketer right for a fast bowler nearly 2000 test runs more nearly 3000 one day runs 200 wickets in both 200 plus wickets in both well, the, the the greatest the greatest zimbabwean and to play the game yeah surely potentially just short of people like andy flar and dave horton but mm. right up there yeah, definitely yeah, in yeah. the top 5 no yeah. doubt for me right yeah, absolutely unfortunately he had been staying away from cricketing circles because of yeah certain convictions or certain certain things that he was involved in we got to know and then yeah no, nobody knew what happened because he had this advanced liver and colon cancer nobody knew that's right and it was very advanced when he got he got diagnosed and there was not a lot that could be done and mm. unfortunately that meant he yeah. passed away some of those photos that were released by his family couple of days taken a couple of days before his death they are very haunting right. for this big strong lad that i remember yes playing yeah. the game to what he looked like towards the end i mean i think it it all takes the best of us no matter yeah. how you looked in your youth towards the end it's never going to be pretty but then no. that was a haunting picture for me no it's, so, it's, yeah and as you said it's just so dreadfully dreadfully young isn't it it's um it's a, a real tragedy for him and, and also maybe that stain that was over his name as well there's never a chance to probably clear that or deal with that and uh um from somebody who was an incredible Incredible sports person. It, it's just a very sad ending. Absolutely. I mean, the Zimbabwean setup could have used somebody like him, people like him, and his experience. They could have taken them forward. Maybe not immediately, right away, but three, four years' time, when all the dust around is, uh, you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. settled down. It's a real yeah. pity. 
also a real mm-hmm. fighter to see him go out like that that's that doesn't give one a lot of uh, you know nice feeling no no no, no 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 so our thoughts are with his family and his uh, kids we understand and his friends so yeah wherever he is we wish uh, he's at peace now absolutely sir and i didn't earlier but when you were speaking so nice about rinia who passed away from gorilla cricket that that's on the past my uh, sympathies on there as well it's um it, it it's always sad when you lose someone important from the cricketin family isn't it absolutely i mean I, you know with ravi especially i was looking forward to going and maybe meeting him if possible this time when i went to india it would it wouldn't um, pass that's it, a pity even more poignant then yeah i'm sorry for your loss as well that's, that's no, uh, it's okay very sad just just an acquaintance still it hits you you know he was he was yeah. also very young uh, he was not all that old not much yeah. older than he streak to be frank but all right yeah now uh, a little bit of a little bit of a high point to finish the episode netherlands have released their squad yes. so the world cup squad so i come from the netherlands we have to take a quick look at it because some joyous news people like colin ackerman paul van meckeren yeah rolof van der merwe have made it to the squad there is also a bolter in the form of cybrand engelbrecht a top order batsman from south africa who's also made it to the squad south african born must say yeah. along with people like uh, you know uh, some some known names that are already in the squad wesley barris is there colin ackerman is there and cyber cybrand engelbrecht is there it's it's nice to see yeah uh, colin ackerman's been quite a menace against gloucestershire recently when he's been playing for leicestershire mm. he's, he's scored some good runs in port runs but against my team so through gritted teeth i'm wishing him well um and i'm <laughs> talking <laughs> talking that obviously i've seen quite a bit of uh, paul van meekeren bowling for gloucestershire and um in in the uh, the one day cup he's been taking wickets can be a little expensive and there've been a few no balls he, he struggled a bit with no balls on occasion but um he does have a knack of, of taking wickets in fact he's got picked up a bit of a nickname here instead of paul van meekeren mm. they they call him wickets van takeren so um <laughs> <laughs> which is quite a nice one i think and uh That's yeah. a good one. Yeah, and and um, it's a yeah big tournament for him because uh, he had a slightly frustrating season domestically here, but he, he came in strongly towards the end. And uh, yeah, wish him well. And uh, uh, Van der Merwe there as well, who can change a game. Uh, Rulof can if he makes contact with the ball, he can hit it a very very long way, as I've seen him doing for Somerset in the past. So uh, there's mm. a, there's some good players in that Dutch side, isn't there? absolutely so rulof mandavarwa will be a i would say a starter in most games simply because he can bowl spin and uh, yeah. hard hitting middle order bat right yeah you have aryan dat who can bowl spin you have shariz ahmed yeah. right like break so they have packed their squad well and they have yeah. people like vikram singh sakib zulfikar sakib zulfikar is a spin bowling all rounder but vikram singh is a seam bowling all rounder yeah right? yeah yeah so you have enough options apart from your top bowlers like bastelida paul paul van meeker and potentially somebody like um ryan klein can start mm-hmm. so whom we really miss is the likes of uh, fred klassen really uh, he would yes, have been yeah. a match winner i yeah. think yeah yeah he's out injured we hear he mm. he's had a stress fracture he's really not recovered uh, okay. and um, also somebody like vivian kingma vivian kingma is a bit tough really because he's not very consistent but he's a good really good bowler on his day right and he can run through sides yeah so and you also have the stability and the solidity of the skipper scott edwards colin ackerman this the experience mm. right yeah you have the excitement that max o'dowd and vikram singh can bring right at the top of the order this is a very solid squad 
I would say. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And Logan Van Beek is a popular player as well. I, I know. I think exactly. Just, yeah, yeah. So um, yeah, that there's there's potential there, definitely. Definitely. So I'm thinking, right? They are already going there earlier. They are doing some spin camps in Bangalore. They are looking for some uh, net bowlers for them uh, to join them and so on. They are doing all the right things and well right. ahead of time. Very much Dutch, to be frank with you. That they, they <coughs> go well. That's prepared. good. Yeah. Right? Yeah. So we really hope they can come up with one or two stunning results. Yeah. Even though they are playing away from home, you never write the Dutch team off. So we wish the Dutch team all the best in this uh, World Cup. Absolutely. They're, they're, they're... They've got some exciting players there, and on their day, if it clicks, yeah, they, they can be a handful. No, no doubt about that. And and it, I think the tournament needs that, in my opinion. You do need, shall we say, it, and they're not being dismissive. There's like the unexpected teams to really put the big boys under pressure, and and let, let's see what they're made of. Okay, uh, those were all the news stories that I wanted to cover in this episode. It's been a wonderful chat. It's it's gone on a bit longer than I had feared, and as I told you, we had new too many new stories to cover. So unfortunately, uh, <laughs> it went on longer. But Absolutely. I really thank you for your patience, yeah. and I never no, felt no, that the chat nice. really went on this long. So thank yeah. you very much. It's been lovely talking with you, Ajit. It's it's been a nice experience. First first one of these that I've done. So uh, thank you for guiding me through it. Ah, uh, no worries. I think you were very patient with me. Let me rant on for a bit, but. Yeah. Um, Coming back, uh, maybe we'll we'll have you feature on another episode sometime in the future. Uh, we'll yeah. see if we can work it out with time. Lovely. Thank you very much once again. And uh, we wish all our listeners a good day, wherever they may be listening from. Do follow uh, our listener's blog. He, he, he writes it very, very poignantly. And especially if you are used to, you know, sort of a nostalgic, uh, no, nostalgic view on cricket. Not that's, a that's... hard stats-driven one, but a purely nostalgic one where you also look at it just as a pure pastime rather than, you know, looking at it as something very much like um, people who these days, you know, make predictions and try to earn from it and so on. Your 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 blog is wonderful. So I really like it myself. So I recommend it to all our listeners. Thank you very much. Bye-bye. Thanks, Ajit. Have a take care of yourself. Bye-bye. This is the Armchair Cricket Podcast.